get out the croissants, the Harry Covert, big bottle of sparkling Badois. Bonjour. Bonjour. We're here to talk about fashion shows, right? Welcome back. We've been talking about, we, we did a lot of lead up to them, so we might as well do a decompression. It would be funny if we just never actually talked <laughs> about the actual thing. Just pretended they never happened Anticipate. after talking about the anticipation. This is episode number 34. Charles Barkley, the round mound of rebound. Here we are. There are a lot of number 34s out there, but I'm going with Charles Barkley. Here we find what, ourselves. Wait, was Charles Barkley 34? Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, Should we just we we are just back from Paris, both yeah. of us actually. Yes, I was sir. there for a very brief, for a blip, for a, the blink of an eye. You, dude, you were there for the right blip. I was. It was a. Um, I was there on assignment, but happened to catch a couple Shh, no, um, interesting moments. I think I can say that much. Fall issue of GQ Style. There's going to be a hot, hot Noah Johnson feature. I went to Paris or four um, from Paris, France. Uh, Will was in it for the long haul. Yes, sir. And um, I feel like we need to just get right into the thing that everyone's been asking about. And um, were you close? We both went to the Vuitton show. We did. We saw Virgil Abloh's Friend of the Pods debut collection. Shout out Virgil, Friend of the Pod. Um, a lot a lot there, a lot happened, a lot to discuss. Wow, a lot happened. What an um, intense, incredible moment. The The... Most intense, maybe emotional moment was the the hug at the end. The hug, the, the hug. People are asking me, "Did you see the hug?" Double cry culminating in the hug. Did you see the hug? I did. You did. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know what happened until later. Yeah. I, so basically, from from our purview, like Virgil came out and swung around, right. and and so as he was swinging, he looked like. Uh, there were some emotions welling up. Right. The face then, was beginning to sort of tense into a... Yeah, it was like welling up. Yeah. And then um, uh, there was something about the way he... his he Then he had turned his back to us and was heading towards Kanye. Yeah. And there was something about the way he like wiped... He put his hands up to his face. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's, he's having a little breakdown. That's fucking beautiful. Yeah. And then people started standing up. Yeah. To take pictures and... When I stand up, I can see things. Yeah, that's right. That's an advantage. <laughs> yeah, due to due to hard to buy pants. Good to see things yeah, over people's good heads. Good to see things, <laughs> including finding people's wives at parties. <laughs> um, yeah, stuff like that. Hey, man, do you see my wife? Uh, yeah, she, she's, <laughs> she's over with there. that dude over she's there. She's talking to that guy in the muscle tee we were making fun of earlier. You might want to you might want to get over there. Um, so I stood up and then could see, you know, a hug. It was the the longest runway I've ever seen. Epic runway. Long enough to fit. Somebody it. said half mile, quarter mile. Was some, it really? Some piece. It was some percentage you of a mile for sure. You couldn't see either end basically. Maybe a kilometer. It was a rainbow, uh, rainbow brick road, and there was, um, I guess, a thousand people were sitting. Uh, to, you, I'm, That's what I'm I heard. curious to hear what you. Yeah, and then 800 kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, students. Design students, design yeah. and fashion students standing behind what was all just one giant thousand person front row. Yeah. Uh, it was also really dope and very Virgil that everybody had a front row seat. Yes. You were either there or you weren't. Yes. Like all things Virgil. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know about you, but I just got this really loving, good feeling when I walked in and just saw the setup. Totally. It was so well executed i thought at like from every angle just like a either a quarter or a half mile or kilometer of white benches with a giant rainbow 
like descending as far as I could see at the play at the Palais Royal. Everyone got a T-shirt. The Grand, excuse me, the Grand, Grand Palais. A T-shirt and a canister for all. Greatest merch giveaway ever, which was actually very elegantly executed, of course, by Vuitton, where like the. You know, your name was in calligraphy on the tube with your yeah. seat, and the the T's were like in a beautiful rainbow of colors, and they were and, lovely, and if you like if your seat up. was in the red part of the rainbow, then you had a red T. Yeah, the coordination was just simple but very on point. I thought the same thing about the collection. Frankly, I thought once the clothes started coming, I just everything just seemed really beautifully made, really well thought out, nice proportions. Um, I can't I cannot tell a lie. I basically blacked out and didn't really see the clothes. Yeah, it was just such a like intense, awesome moment yeah. that it was hard to like stay present and actually like look. I felt that a little. Bit. What, what, what I looked without seeing much. Do you remember your first impressions as the models? began like you just said you blacked out so i guess you don't but well, like well well no i do i do and i went back and looked yeah no but i do remember my i did have overall impressions of the clothes but i just wasn't like oh man the, that one pair of pants was so beautifully this yeah. or that it yeah. was just a little bit more of a blur but um i yeah i just thought the proportions were really nice and then for me uh there have been off-white shows where i felt lost yeah by the sort of conceptual yeah by by whatever the conceit that that Virgil was um presenting was and this I just didn't feel any of that it felt like um I was like wow what a beautiful trench coat yeah or like wow like dressing in one color head to toe which was kind of more of a thing like 4 years ago yeah feels dope again yeah. or allowed you to kind of like forget the color and just look at the silhouette but it just like baggy pants hoodies beautiful coats dope sneakers um what did he calls it excessomorphizing it, he's coined the term of turning accessories into garments so this is like i think his thinking was like well if Vuitton makes bags but i'm gonna be here making clothes and bags i'm gonna sort of make clothes that have bags on and in them or bags yeah. you wear in more you know not just like with a strap but are actually like part of it so there was a lot of like three-dimensional wearable bags and then like garments with bags sort of attached yeah ish yeah something like that which felt which feels like a you know a step forward for this moment of like the elites you know everybody's wearing like body bags and harnesses and fanny packs yeah. and all that stuff yeah. and he was kind of like in a way it felt a little less like hardcore yeah it kind of it was like sort of more seamlessly integrated it was like an elegant luxury version of that sort of concept i'm feeling virgil's been running the sort of harness the um it's like a leather shoulder strap shoulder yoke yoke thing yeah. i'm feeling that thing. Yeah. i think it looks dope the, and it comes down and i believe there's pockets on the side sort of on the side body yeah. like under the armpit and he kind of leaves the bottom of it unstrapped yeah and the um i was also happy that he was wearing a bright orange one for our party because it was always very easy to see where he was him. yeah <laughs> thank you for that virgil um but, you know, I have to say that, like, the the clothes are the clothes, and I can't wait to, like, dig in more and see them. I did go back and look at the, the all the pictures yeah. to try to process them a little bit better. But for me, it was all about the moment and about, like, the hug and yeah. about, like, just the 
the success of the show. I mean, I think there was a lot of feeling that it almost didn't like this was a coronation moment for Virgil. And it almost didn't matter what he sent down the runway. Yeah. And I was actually, I actually agree with that. Yeah. But at the same time, what he sent down the runway was amazing. Yeah. The presentation, the show as a show, as a production was super inspiring and just like totally flawless. The casting, like seeing a lot of friends of the pod in there, like, um, shout out ASAP Nast, yeah, friend of the pod. Shout out Kid Cuddy, friend of the pod. Um, Dev Hines hung out with Dev some a little bit through a friend of a friend in Paris. And I don't know him. I can't yeah call him a friend of the pod. But it was he just that dude has such incredible energy and the the art that he makes is so beautiful. And just he was in the mix. You know, it's just awesome. I really bad bad not good played the music right. I yeah, thought that was, they were fantastic and doing instrumental covers of joints off Yay. Yeah, and then. Come on, man, the hug. This is like two grown men who have been going through like a public, I don't know what, yeah. je ne sais what. Yeah. They've been going through a little public thing of like, Kanye was like, he wasn't my creative director. Yeah, there and, was weird Virgil tension was like, in Did the he air. want Virgil to be the, to get the designer of Louis Vuitton, Drake driving a wedge between them, all that tension. Yeah. But man, this photo and these videos, everybody watching these two of our like most our very premier cultural leaders crying yeah. and like like ugly crying yeah. and hugging it all the way the fuck out was such an incredible <laughs> moment of modern for modern masculinity and like pushing things forward like i don't care what anybody says about either of those guys that was an incredible moment to be like a man of the future i talked to which someone who all all corporate lunch listeners are and those of us in this studio right now most definitely are and like that was incredible a friend of mine w had studied like the every possible video and photo from every possible angle, and he was like, "In one of these, you can see the goosebumps on Virgil's arm." Like, yeah, it was like a totally genuine moment. And so, I do think so it, well documented. When he pointed at him, yeah, he pointed at him, and they just rushed to each other, yeah. like both breaking down. Yeah, and then Murakami, of course, like has his camera like He's in the hug. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I do think it's also one of those things, like the how genuine it is, and uh, as a reminder that. For me, I was a little bit like, man, these guys are both sort of larger than life at this point, mega famous, have accomplished a lot. But then there was this realization that like, oh, this is actually a really, this is a really meaningful thing. This isn't just like another feather in the hat or something. This isn't like a given. It wasn't. No. It wasn't. Inevitable. Inevitable that this would happen for either of them, really. I mean, and I think that that kind of really became super clear to me in that moment in a way that it. It it hadn't or couldn't have really been otherwise. Yeah, it it definitely could have not happened, and and it could have been yay, and then it wasn't, and then yeah, it could have been neither of them. But instead, it became Virgil, and he made the most of it. And then the two of them just had this like beautiful, beautiful. It was it felt like a, the release of a lot of like tension. And then overall, I think the overwhelming feeling of the Paris shows in general was of like. um man the takeover yeah i, I full, got jay-z the takeover playing in my head the whole week yeah like the new generation is here yeah and it's happening i really like my my big impression uh overall of paris was was vuitton 
Dior now um, under the the creative control of Kim Jones. He's not calling it Dior Ohm, I guess. He's calling it Dior. It's just Dior, yeah. Uh, so Dior Men's, I guess we'll say, or something. Just I was like trying to tag the Dior Ohm Instagram account on like something I was doing. Yeah, they just wiped it. Wow. All Dior. And then Alix. I think the three of those together, because they were all clearly in conversation, three friends, a lot of overlap. If you look at them... They all did similar things. Uh, they all introduced elegant and sort of edgy, for lack of a better word, tailoring. They all did similar things with accessories. There yep. were like pops of neon in each place, but you know, pretty different aesthetically. Kim Jones did the sort of couture thing, and um, you know, Leaks has sort of a fetishistic thing, and then Virgil had the kind of globe traveler sort of colorful thing. But and like Matthew Williams collaborated with. Kim Jones on hardware yep. for the Dior collection. And then we know that Kim and Virgil are close and probably there was some amount of advising or something as that torch was passed. Even and just like, Virgil like Instagramming carrying his Christian Dior. Yes, carrying bag the Dior yeah, that Kim right. designed with that has his name on it into the Louis Vuitton offices where Kim used to he has Kim's old office. Yeah. And those guys at each other's shows. I just think all this sort of overlap there and and a real aesthetic starting to come through. I think for like some of for Virgil and Matthew Williams, I would say I always had a hard time really imagining like what what's their view, what's their aesthetic. Right. It's like there's energy, there's excitement. This is it gets but my attention. Is there like a whole 360 degree world? Yeah, but like yeah. what is this really? What is this thing when it takes shape? Like what is it? What does it represent? And I think seeing those three collections in Paris this season, I was like, oh, something is starting to sort of crystallize here. Yeah. Um. Kim is obviously the sort of senior, you know, he's got a lot of design experience um, at different places, but I still think like him, it's such an interesting little trio and those labels together really presented something that felt sort and of cohesive. Let's not forget that even though, even though a lot of the Kim Jones collection felt like couture, they were also all marching around a cause statue. Yeah, Like totally. a street artist. It was he, like a giant cause toy made of flowers. He, so yeah. essentially what you have is very different ideas of it all of it elaborated far beyond like whatever the dirty word version of this was but it was like three people that are streetwear come from streetwear yeah. like i don't know it's one of those terms that has basically been rendered meaningless but yeah. there's no question that when i say the takeover like that's what i'm talking about and also showing that that aesthetic can be can be a full fashion world full of things yeah it's not like oh just sneakers and t-shirts are now it's not like Louis Vuitton, Dior, and and then Matt Williams is a different deal. It's independent, but it's not. It's a leaks. It's not like they're all saying T-shirts and sneakers for everyone. Yeah, totally. They're all doing the full range yeah. of, of fashion. I w I was reading, but the, the perspective is streetwear, and it's like running shit. Yeah, reading the the rev the reviews and recaps and everything have been kind of funny because a lot of people this season just came out and were like, "I'm done." Like Raf came out with his collection, which is really nice. These satin overcoats mostly it was and um he said i'm I'm just done with street where we've got to move on and it just felt like you Whoa, know dude. He's like, <laughs> you know he's saying like there, there's there's a lot of subtext there you know like he sh he went back to paris to show his collection for the first time in a few years so he was you know in the same city where this other thing was happening and and clearly wanted to react against something but i think he sort of missed like i think he must have said that or had that idea before obviously before seeing what Virgil and others were going to do because it's kind of moot because Vir Virgil didn't really show you a streetwear thing. I mean, he did in that yeah, this is I like part of it, but that's not really what, you know, what Raph he did was at showing, all. Ra well, by the way, Raph was showing t-shirts with pictures of punks on them. Yeah. 
in a in a club that felt like you were at a rave at five in the morning. Yeah. Like platform I, shoes and yeah, and shiny sweaters and I don't know like part. So high fashion that is sprung from like a club experience doesn't feel that different to me from. And it, there's a lot. There's also a lot of Raph Simmons and what Matthew Williams does, or at least a lot of overlap well, all the, between yeah. the two. So I think all that. What stuff does that is, even mean? I think it's all just coded. We've got to move all, on. People talk, say people keep saying um, one of the 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 way people like to code things when they want to take someone like Virgil down a notch is to say like, you know, this one's this this collection's really about the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning instead of about the hype, yeah. And who's instead in the of front about row all this other stuff, the which Kanye I think is hug so and... bogus. It was like similarly when people would say, "Well, Vuitton really, you know, it's sad they really only hired Virgil for his Instagram following," and I was like, "That's uh, insane." You, Doesn't Vuitton you... <laughs> already have more Instagram <laughs> yes, followers than Virgil? Way more. Yeah, and like. The, Vuitton has no issue with brand awareness. You know what I mean? Like that's not yeah. that's not like the thing that they're trying. They're not trying to get in front of more eyeballs. Just trying to get a, the American population to know what Louis Vuitton is. Like, man, the thing is, is like you can say whatever you want, you can deny whatever you want, but the like, here it is. It's all, the, it all just happened. Yeah, and you know the the other thing that was really just like kind of crazy about it is. These are Kim Jones is not Kim Jones came up independently and on his own, but Virgil and, and Matthew Williams and then every like like a huge percentage of the celebrities that were like getting the cameras popping at any single show. Yeah, they were all like Kanye's children. Yes. And then Kanye was came in and out. He yeah. flew in for Virgil's show. Yeah. Left the same day to go do the Tiana Taylor listening for the last album, the, the fifth of the five albums he produced in L.A., Got back on the plane. Oh, and then went back to Paris. For Matthew Williams' show. Oh, wow. Yeah. But then, like, from our party to to the Virgil show, to Kim Jones, to Matthew Williams, like, it was Kid Cudi, Bella Hadid, uh, Don C. Yeah. Um, A-Side. Yeah. I, Ivan Jasper. <laughs> A-Side, Ivan. Like, um, these were the people popping up at shows, like, getting their, their – getting their picture taken making making the whole thing go and it was like it was really interesting because there was a moment a few years ago where it felt like um if kanye if it wasn't somehow a kanye if it wasn't somehow kanye adjacent nobody was talking about it right and then kanye like went underground yeah for a few years yeah and was like you know i don't need to say what he was doing he's dealing with his stuff he's, he's shared a lot about that yeah, over he's the he's said enough in recent. his own words <laughs> yeah um and then this time he was back, but he didn't actually, he wasn't showing, he didn't have anything. He was just there. Yeah. Like, blessing the work of his children. Yeah. And suddenly it felt like we're back to this place where if it's not Kanye affiliated, like, there's no talk. I, I'm sorry, Raph can say what he wants. There wasn't, like, that much talk about the Raph show. No. People were like, did you go to the Raph show? I was like, yep. Like, what would you think? And I would give my take, and they'd be like, yeah, cool. But it wasn't like everybody was talking about it. Yeah. No, all the all the energy was entirely absorbed by Kanye affiliated this, things. Yeah, people but interestingly in that not actually Kanye. Yes. So it's funny cuz that this um the John Caramonica big profile just came out in the Times and Kanye talks about that. He says like he talks about getting over the obsession with being the number one, getting over the obsession with being the number one rapper, the number one designer, whatever it may be. And he says, just be one of the trees. Like, just be one yeah. of the trees in the forest. That tree over there is dope. And he sort of did it. But then it's also like the beauty of that and the the is that 
in doing that, he makes it very apparent how how real his influence is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when he does step back and sort of blend in, you realize that he's actually not really blending in because he's yeah. sort of like <laughs> he his role is so different in this. Yeah. This like empire, you know. And he's like, uh, I'm just one of the trees, but uh almost all of the trees around <laughs> me came from my seeds. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm I am the forest? Yeah. Um but you know, I I think it's it's kind of a fun question to think of like whether all of the energy that you know the all of the energy being Kanye related, if that's good or bad for fashion more broadly. Yeah, it's sort of like you know it's really hard for anybody else to get like conversation going, um, and I don't really know or care if that's good or bad because this felt like let's, it was, just, let's just let this week be about what it was about. Oh come on, it was, was let, like yeah the takeover man. I think it was entirely positive i think there was so much because i think there was really you know fashion design ingenuity being presented you know what i mean like i was really excited by what i was seeing i don't know uh and the the other cool thing about the the virgil experience is like he's gonna get something that kim jones never had which is his clothes and stores a lot of stores yeah so that like the menswear is buyable is that something now, i'm not saying it's affordable yeah but i'm saying it's going to be out there and around and you're going to be able to go see it in person and touch it and decide whether or not you can buy it or not or you can just go see it in person and touch it and then walk out of the store yeah whatever you want to do yeah um where you know it was really hard to find a kim jones collection in person um one of the things you could go to the men's flagship here in new york but if you lived in LA, there's not much of it out there. Yeah. It wasn't until or they collaborated with Supreme Atlanta, that you started. If you live in Atlanta, you could go buy all the bags. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway. Yeah. The ready to wear is a sort of, a, has always been a different proposition. A small, a small proposition. Um, one of the big things that people are saying after this season is that men's tailoring is going to make a return, which is a funny thing in the context of all the streetwear. Yeah. You know? And all the streetwear guys showed suits, beautiful tailoring, I thought, funky, you know, asymmetrical stuff, colorful stuff. Um, even Combe de Garçon showed this a really zany all suiting collection of like. Yeah kind of gonzo like every iteration of like a crazy ruching and gathering so then you have all the the menswear critics saying like after years of just being shrugged off and and shoved out of the way for sneakers and track pants and hoodies the suit is back but that really rubbed me the wrong way i thought i didn't really think tailoring sort of calmed down and shifted gears but i think it continued to be interesting and people continued to do interesting things with it i agree and i don't know but part of part of it is just like our purview at GQ style and definitely for GQ as well. It's been like the suit has never been irrelevant or out of the mix. It's certainly changed a lot. Like one thing that's been really exciting as we've been styling stories in GQ is like, you can really throw somebody a curveball by putting a tie on with a suit. And we've been doing like what, maybe one or two ties per issue. And every time we do, it's like, dope it feels so different and yeah. weird and yeah. we're like ah tie yeah. yeah like here's a, a cool way to like throw a curveball tie yeah um and but i and for us personally all three of us sitting in the studio have been wearing suits throughout all this stuff but yeah. while also wearing t-shirts with them and i'm not so into sneakers with the suit but um so yeah the idea that i don't know you would really have to like try to get your head around like have suit sales been like plummeting for the last few years i mean it certainly was less fun to argue about suits than it was about like streetwear and t-shirts and sneakers and stuff like that but um 
I don't know. I thought that um, the key to a suit right now is just not wearing a traditional way. Exactly. But what are what are we wearing in a traditional way right now? I don't know. It's kind of like the way men are dressing in general is everything gets like put through a blender. And I think uh, similarly, people throw around the term street. Like you and I can have a conversation about streetwear, and we're no, we're, we know we're sort of like on a level, but keep reading these things about streetwear be- because of I think the amount of energy Virgil created, and and like I just I'm just like, what are you guys talking about? You I don't know, think people have like defined the terms or even know. Yeah. And so they throw it out there like as a shorthand, all, often as like pejorative. Yes. It's like a sneak diss. Yeah. And so it's kind of being it's it's getting pretty useless as a term. But you could definitely like maybe maybe streetwear really means like a like a hype beast perspective and I, and I mean like hypebeast.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like where you're interested in like limited nikes and right, small right. small and like fear of god like what about fear fear of god is streetwear i don't know it's like jeans and plaids and yeah it's not like seem, it's athletic specific maybe somehow. what makes it streetwear is that jerry lorenzo like is african-american and worked for kanye west yeah that's what i think maybe, is happening like, basically maybe? <laughs> yes people again <laughs> it's like coded language where people are sort of like wanting to somehow categorize a group of people and, and, may, and like an aesthetic and rather than doing the thinking to like to figure it out, they kind of do a lazy sum it up with the neat little word of streetwear thing. Yeah. Without And like Matt Williams seems to get called streetwear thirty percent less. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe because he's like a white American yeah. who worked for Kanye West yeah. and has since moved ish to Italy. I think So that's, that's less streetwear? Yeah. Hmm. I just think people need to check. Like, I read, I think it was like uh, the business of fashion critic was trying, like, was did a pretty real takedown of of a lot of the men's shows in Paris. He was really unimpressed, but he didn't really was give it any. Tim? No, um, Angelo. He didn't really give any solid reasoning. Yeah. He sort of said these guys are lazy. They're not doing anything interesting or original. And then he moved on. And I was just left feeling like. Wow, you All just right. came out swinging and then provided really no evidence no to back it up, and yeah. you kind of come across a little bit um, mad, maybe because you're not included in the in the way you want to be included in whatever is happening. Well, I had this. Let me see if I can explain this. I had this moment where a friend invited me to go see um, the Damien Hirst show at Gagosian. And the gallery was closed, and I was just in there with the Damien Hirst paintings by myself. Mm-hmm. And basically what Damien Hirst had done, I forget what they called them. Um, it was just paint sticks, oil paint sticks, just blobbed on canvas. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, a, like a kid just, just pounding a piece of paper with crayons yeah. is what the paintings were like. And I was in there, and I was looking at the paintings, and I started laughing because I realized that, first of all, they were all sold. Uh-huh, of course. All gone. <laughs> millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And it doesn't fucking matter. This was just now Gagosian in Paris or a different city? No, in L.A. like a couple months ago. It doesn't matter what you think of them. Yeah. You could be like, wow, these are so moving. Uh, This is like, this is the Ave Maria to me. Yeah. Or you could be like, he's trolling the art world. Or you could be like, this is offensive to me and I hate Damien Hirst. Or you could like literally have bought one and you, you could be like, yeah, that one over there is mine. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, the idea that somebody can just say, like, this is lazy and unoriginal, or 
we have to move on from streetwear. Yeah. It's like, dude, the world is spinning without you and, and it's spinning in this way. You know what I mean? Right. Like Damien Hurst's post criticism, I think we all walked into the Virgil show being like I mean, if he had done something really wacky or, or really conceptual and it was just a total whiff, I think, okay, maybe there could be a take on that. But it was yeah. like post criticism. Totally. It was just the moment where him and his thing in this world that he's been building and all the energy behind it and everybody who's been participating and the 35,000 people he's given his phone number out to over yeah. the years yeah. and all the kids who he writes back on DM and all, it was the fulfillment of all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the like, Kanye needs to be kept out of fashion versus Kanye's kicking his way into fashion. It was like the fulfillment of that. It was just like, th- this is the moment like where this young black American kid from Chicago has built so much energy that he can no longer be denied and he's drowned out all the criticism and there, here, guess what? He's the menswear designer for Louis Vuitton, which is not the most, number one most prestigious job in the world, but it's like, in the fashion world, but it's pretty far up there. Yeah. And you can say what you want, you can like lob a grenade from wherever you want, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So I'm not saying you have to love it. I'm not saying you have to go buy it. I'm you, that dude is perfectly able to hate however he wants to hate. Yeah, but like it's not going to stop the energy tornado. No, the energy tornado moves on. And then, like, I mean, the any, energy tornado anything, rolls through. You know, we we encounter uh, lots of people from various creative worlds um, in our positions here at GQ and GQ Style, and. Obviously, since the Virgil news was announced, I would ask everyone what they think. Because yeah. a lot of people know Virgil yeah. or have worked with him or yeah. have some feeling or or are adjacent to something he does. And Virgil is very good at making all of us feel like we know him. And the one thing people will say, and th- people say a lot of things and a lot of positive things, but the one thing almost anyone will say is that dude works harder than anybody I yeah. know. Yeah. And the output's very real. It's there, you know. Off White's a five-year-old brand now with eight collections a year. So I don't 6, know men's, women's resorts collaborations. Art show, Beats One radio program, and like DJ sets where the dude is like wrecking it, it. Like, <laughs> like insanely. Like not like his energy is high. The music is on point. The whole thing, like it's just like it's crazy. I mean, well, we, I was talking about this with with Yorg O thirty two C. York. Friend of the pot. F-O-T-P. Big, big time. And we were talking about the Virgil master flow. Yeah. And how is he able to create so much? What'd you guys decide? We didn't decide anything <laughs> other than we're like studying the game and trying to find the, find the flow. Yeah. Because, you know, as all of us become multi-hyphenate people with a lot of stuff going on and limited hours in the day and we're just trying to like do as much as we can to to participate in the culture in as many different points as we can and like somehow Virgil's able to to touch so many different things and 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 put energy behind so many different projects and have it all move forward and some people hate it all and some people love it all and yeah. some people like like some of it and, and 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 don't like others of it but he's just like it's all moving forward and how do we all become more like that in a culture that is demanding that all of us yeah. do more? The amazing thing that I think he's proved is that in moving forward, you get you, you it grows and it builds, and you you gain new access. Yeah, and like 
the thing about Vuitton that I think is especially exciting that maybe isn't apparent to everyone, but it's like Vuitton can do things that Off-White can't do. Yes. It's a matter of resources. It's a matter of production, facilities, materials, craftsmen. Stores, history, distribution. All this stuff that it's not really the same. It's not like, well, you got one brand, now you got another brand. This yeah. brand does more bags or something like this. Yeah. It's, and similarly, Kim Jones... Now at Dior, he has new access. He's yep. doing things at this couture level. Yep. You know, Vuitton didn't do that. Dior does that. Yep. Dior has a couture collection. That's a real thing. You know, it's a distinction. And it, it so that's like this this thing that I think kind of gets lost, or or at, at least I should say a thing that I'm most that's most exciting is you look at it and you're like, there's new what he can do now is is actually really different than what he could do before he had this job. Yeah. In just some very real ways. Yeah. I think the collection Logistical. Yeah. I think you saw it in the clothes, in the presentation, everything about it. You saw it was there. Yep. And it'll keep, you know, we'll see it again in six months. Yeah, and, and there's and no lots in between, you know. There's no question. He's a guy who has like the energy to. You're not going to find Virgil being like, man, I'm just exhausted by the grind. I've got as soon as I finish the fall <laughs> show, I've got to finish resort and cruise. Yeah. Like whatever, do it in his sleep. Is he going to be like Don't sleep. in Mallorca for the next four weeks or something? No. No, he's not. He's going to be in Paris working. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to try to get away. No, he's not. Are there any- He's going to be working. I, I, it, it's hard to even- What other big, other highlights from Paris show-wise? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I thought the Agni show was really nice. Yeah. I thought Officine General mm -hmm. was like really dialed in. Yeah. I would not be surprised if sometime in the next three to four years that guy gets a- gets a nod yeah, that's at a, a house a quiet one but really solid yeah and there are there are big there are big fashion houses that um their stock and trade is quiet and solid that's right that's you know very true so i think he's interesting um Lon van there's a lot of stuff going on like what's going on with the women's and who's the designer and all that but yeah. lucas austin driver continues to make good collections i'm always also really into the way they're styled yes if you check hell yeah go go look through this Lam Van season and a couple from the past men's collections by Lucas and check out the way they're styled if you want like inspiration for how to get dressed. Uh, Balmain. Yeah. Olivier did a Michael Jackson show that was like super fun. I also loved the edit of all the music because it was like taking all the most political Michael Jackson songs. Oh, really? And when they were cobbled together in that way, it felt like um, just a different read on Michael Jackson. So it was like, um, you know, black and white. Which is like a hit song, and you think about Macaulay Culkin, but that was also like yeah. very like Michael Jackson, like We Are the World, yeah, kind of vibe. And um, which was the name of Virgil's collection, Vuitton collection? Oh yeah, We Are the World. Um, the Rick Owens show as a production was just one of the most like talk goosebump inducing, hair raising, most incredible pieces of fashion just fashion show I've ever seen. Does it. And then Drew, Dries Van Noten, whose collection was, did you look at the Dries? Yeah, I loved it. A Werner Pantone. That's right, yeah. Um, collaboration. Yeah, interior he just designer. Got, he just got to go nuts with the with the Werner Pantone um, patterns and stuff. So good. Yeah, that yeah. was the one where I was like, I might save money for like this really? this wavy denim jacket with like the, the Werner Pantone rainbow. Yeah. Um, lots of color. Everywhere there was lots color of color. Color galore. Yeah. Color galore. Yeah. Really exciting. Colorful new clothes. Colorful new clothes and Noah Johnson mantra. Yeah. Last but not least, in Paris, France, we threw a pretty banging party ourselves. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be there the one night that the party went down. Well played, dude. At La Avenue. In that, the, is it a cigar lounge? Is that what, does that room have a name, the upstairs? 
it's it a doesn't. cigar lounge. No, it's just the upstairs bar. But um, A side, who I asked to sort of the you guys know A side friend of the pod, actual guest on very the pod. very rare guest heard on his the voice. pod. A side's a big cigar smoker. So yeah. Alex who owns La Avenue was like, should we the the best cigar store in Paris will come set up and sell cigars? Oh, do you that's want, what. Happened. Do you want me to get them here? And I was like. Not really, but A Side's gonna <laughs> want it, so yeah, yeah. So like, was, shout out to A Side, our co-host in the in the Paris party. As a non-cigar smoker, I I find uh I not so appealing the smell it's of cigar smoke. But like the party, once it got popping, and like half the people in the room had a fat stogie in their hand, including <laughs> a bunch of really beautiful women. I was just like, this is perfect. Yeah, not mad. Um, A Side. And Virgil DJed. A couple of their friends jumped in. It was mostly the two of them going back and forth with uh, Lucas Abbott providing. Um, it was making phenomenal. the photos it awesomer. Was so good. <laughs> also, like shout out to La Avenue for the sound system up there because I was deaf for two days. Yeah. After that night. Well, they brought in a, a good sound. Oh, system. really? Yeah. Again, th- we they, pulled out all the they, stops. They dude. figured it out. I mean, it shout was like to, shout out to Terry. I was hanging with um, the sound guy. There was something for everybody there. I mean, most deaf walking in late night. Yasin Bay walking in. Yasin on the mic. And just like going to the booth, stepping behind there and just kind of like hoodie pulled up, hopped on the mic was a definite highlight. That was wild. I mean, when most deaf talks, it's just the best sound. Yeah. Like that dude has the most beautiful voice. It's true. Hands down. We need to get fucking Yasin. On the pod, and then and get him yeah, to read the back amazing. of a cereal box. Let's just let's just get him to read the back of a cereal box, dude. He's just It'll like, take all the pressure off us. Yeah. Um. Sam, book it. Uh. Kid Cuddy up on a table. Uh. Singing the song he well, has was on Yay and the Rocky remix. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Rocky just like in the what became essentially a mosh pit for lack of a better word. <laughs> All right, like so going off with somebody, like, somebody told me Rocky was there and he was like, Oh, he's looking for you. And I didn't see him. And then I saw him, he was out in a different room, yeah. like sitting there just chilling. And I went to go talk to him. And then they, they put on Flacco Jody. Oh, he came running. And in. I was like in the middle of a sentence yeah. and he just got up and just went and ran in and dove in and like elbow this way, elbow that way. And then the mosh pit was lit. It was lit. Yeah. Also, he, yeah, he was wearing a lot of diamonds too, and that was pretty impressive. Just he was just like flying around, and then just like the the, the bling was. It must be working. fun to just turn up to your dude. Own shit. I was like, this is the craziest thing because this is like the, they. It's not like Virgil was playing these songs because those guys were there. I mean, kind of, but also it was like he was just playing the set, and then the dudes yeah. just happened to be in the room, a small room. I don't know how many people were at this party, but it was not about the size of the party. It was not a big party. No. Shout out to James Harden who won the MVP. Fifty percent of the people the there building. were famous rappers and basketball players. 100%, yeah, James Harden yeah. was there. It's a hundred percent true that fifty percent of the people there were rappers and basketball players. Yeah, the like average net worth in the room was like definitely yeah, high. Yeah, it was really high. I don't, I don't know what. Yeah. Lots of zeros. I um, also not a bad girl to guy ratio for men's fashion week. I know, totally. <laughs> like like the, for for you know. Like maybe not a perfect ratio in your yeah. dream scenario, but for men's fashion week, it was pretty the good. The thing about, I mean, there's been lots of good men's fashion week parties, but mostly the good fashion week parties happen during women's women's season. Yeah, because there's a better mix and yeah. there's more some more wattage out, and there's it's a different thing. Yeah. Typically, the men's after men's fashion shows and late night, you're like at a bar with a bunch of dudes. Like, yeah, 
eat a talking lot of pasta. Fabrics like, talking about fabrics <laughs> and fighting about what streetwear means. Um, Which I, can be a perfectly good time, but not so sexy. We uh, The party went late, and I found myself outside on the sidewalk after surrounded by French policemen and like military guys, which is really funny. They kept bringing their dogs. I was like lurking on the corner with some homies that must have looked like a drug dealer. <laughs> At one point, we got surrounded, and I was like, yo, is this weird? My friend who speaks French asked him, and we were like, no, we're good. They were just scoping us, and we're hanging out, and then this kid, this young kid, American, must have been like 18 with two chicks, comes running up on me, and he's like, Noah, man, I love what you do. Gives me a hug, and I'm like, ah, oh, friend of the pod. And he's like, I love your brand, man. I go to your store in Soho all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what is going on? This dude doesn't know who I am, or he thinks that I, I he thinks even, you're Brendan Babinski. Yeah, it's like late or early in the morning at this point, and I'm like in a state, and I'm just like, what is going on? This He must have heard someone say my name because yeah. there were other people shouting my name, and I was, again, like, oh, that's Noah. ears ringing. Yeah, he must have heard Noah, and then I was there. Shout out that guy. Maybe he is a friend of the pod also, in which case this is going to blow his mind hearing this. I hope he, he remembers. He was like... <laughs> He was like, this party's so lit that, that if if there's a person here named Noah, it must be Noah who designs Noah. And has the Noah store. Never even, like, the fact that someone would just assume that that brand is run and owned by someone. You should have been like, Noah. come by the store anytime and take whatever you want. <laughs> you can have whatever you want. <laughs> Tell them I sent you and that everything's yeah. on me. Oh, man, the takeover is here. It feels good, man. feels good. Should we vibe out? Just get out of the way. 13. Yeah, let's fly about. What do you got? You want to kick it off? I'll kick it off. I got a new hobby. I got a new interest. I came back from Paris what? and uh, went straight to the gym. Bocce? The climbing gym. I love bocce. Uh, that's a good, like bocce ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, thought the, I was just trying to guess your vibe. It's the opposite. Um, I came home, went straight to the climbing gym, and hopped on the rowing machine. Whoa. You ever get on a rowing machine? I bet Sam Hine rows. Dude, man, you're so active. You make me feel so sedentary. Well, I had been very sedentary and also- um, Noah, did you skate this weekend? No, I was rowing. Indulgent. Noah, did you row this weekend? <laughs> no, I was climbing. Noah, did you climb this weekend? No, I was hiking. I wish Jeez, I had- man. Uh, it, it does sound that way. Sam, Dude, let, let's get into some outdoor activities together this summer. We can't. We we need we need we need to show Noah what time it is. Should we do like a triathlon? No, don't say we. Oh, this I'm is not me in, and I'm Sam. No, <laughs> you're gonna have to play Sam in tennis. I will clean Sam's ass off the court <laughs> in tennis. All right, this vibe is just a rowing machine. If you haven't been on one, hop on one, break a sweat. Feels great. Go ahead. My vibe is I know Paris this, Paris that, the takeover, the takeover. This whole pod has been about Paris. My vibe is the city of Milan. Whoa, Milan. Also uh, in Europe. When I say also in Europe, also a fashion capital. When I say I love Milan, even in Milan, people look at me like I'm a loser. It's not a popular opinion. They are wrong. Yeah. Milan is an amazing city. Like eminently walkable. Yeah. Italy without the tourists. Yeah. And most importantly, it unfolds for you over time. So your first trip to Milan, you're gonna be like, eh, should have gone to Florence. I had that eh, experience. Should have gone to Rome. Yeah. But over time, as you discover the good restaurants, as you discover the good stores, as you discover the good museums, places to see some art. Maybe you go to the Salone de Mobile in April and see the world's greatest uh, design fair. Not an arguable point. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you begin to realize that Milan is dope. I I thought that when I last time I was there with you. I didn't think that before. It kind of it kind of opens itself up to you over time. So that's what, that's my first one. 
Next vibe is Kanye West going to a um, vintage clothing store in Idaho and buying <laughs> buying thirteen garbage bags of clothes. Yeah, he bought thirteen gar- garbage. I think it was thirteen garbage actual bags. garbage big bags. garbage bags. Yeah. yeah, this was also in the Carmonica profile that we mentioned earlier, um, in the New York Times. Uh, I don't know what they're driving to Yellowstone. Some, they're out there somewhere. Idaho is right next to Wyoming, where Kanye's been recording all this music. He finds this, I think, just drives by like a vintage clothing store, not vintage clothing, like a Salvation Army, like a used clothing store, not like a hip vintage yeah. clothing store. No, like a, a used. It's like for outdoor gear. Yeah, and it's being, like, man, New York needs one of those so bad. What if you could just go and like. It was secondhand REI. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And mountain towns have those. Like yeah. they have them in Vermont, and uh, I remember in Colorado having those because basically you have a lot of wealthy people or just people that have lots of this gear over the years, and eventually they donate it. It yeah. wears out; it needs to get replaced. And I'm sure he came up on some fly shit. Yeah, thirteen trash bags. I just like. Did he- you see the photo of the bags waiting yes, to be picked I did. up? And the the owner of the shop was really hyped on it. And um, Cam Wolf from GQ actually tracked them down and did a did a story on GQ with the owner of the store. I didn't know. Cool. I was I was on the plane yesterday. I didn't know that Cam was doing that story. I laughed my ass off when yeah. when I saw Cam's tweet that was like, "Yeah, I talked to the lady." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Good for you, dude." Cam Wolf goes for it. Yeah, go get it. Follow that dude. Um, kind of piggybacking on my uh, Milan, uh, Marnie. Marnie's so cool. Yeah, the Marnie collection, really dope. Yeah. So, again, Kanye West was not in the audience. The designer, Francesco Rossi, did not not one time serve as a Kanye West creative director. (laughs) But the Marnie collection is really good. And basically, it's been really good since the guy took over. Um, It has a zaniness to it. It has a sense of humor to it. It it has some wild colors, wild proportions, and hilarious ideas. But it also just seems like it got even more dialed in as though like what was an amazing like idea last season is now like, oh, now I could wear that. Yeah. Um, and I bumped into Chris from Union, Chris Gibbs. Yeah. Shout out Chris Gibbs. I was just thinking about that. And I was like, Chris, what have you loved? And we we're like in the we were actually standing at the Elite show. Yeah. It had just ended. So it's like the middle of all this like Kanye affiliate yeah. chaos. And he's like, Marnie, dude. Yeah. Chris, I hope it's okay if I told that story. I was actually just going to say shout out Chris Gibbs at Union because he carries Marnie. Heavy. And I think, I love that because he makes it make sense because you see it next to yeah. Vis a, other and stuff. And you're just, it's it's like, it's nice. Sometimes you need like somebody with a vision like Chris who can take a brand that you like, like Marnie, but like give it some context and then suddenly help, you're like, oh. Help you figure out for him how to buy it, for you how to buy it and then wear it. Um. It's funny. This ties directly into the next vibe. I saw. Let's make Chris Gibbs just a, per- a friend of the pod and permanent. We should vibe. have him on. He tells really good stories too, uh, and really sweet guy. So I saw him at the GQ style GQ party, and um, I was like, "How's it been? What have you been into?" And he was like, "Birkenstock, super into Birkenstock." And Birkenstock <laughs> does presentations at Fashion Week now, yeah. and he was just kind of we were chatting about that. So Rick Owens. Um, collaborates with Birkenstock now and had Birkenstock in his yes. runway show that you mentioned earlier as a highlight. I just want to read the quote, a quote from Rick Owens for, from Please his do. World Review. It's Please really good. Do. I'm talking about control and collapse and chaos and everything. Yes. But in my personal life, I'm looking for a balance between responsibility, well-being, and extreme hedonism. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there is a way of balancing that out. Responsibility doesn't mean you're uptight, and hedonism doesn't mean that you're evil. The Birkenstock adds this nice, placid, serene feeling of well-being and liberalism. 
It's like taking muesli with your ecstasy. Wow, what a quote. <laughs> so Rick just said that off the top backstage after the show? Yeah. Dude, man. What? I just had this feeling at that show where I was like, the hype comes, the hype goes. Rick Owens just reigns supreme. So good. You know what I mean? I know I'm talking out of three sides of my mouth at the same time. like, But it is true. Like Nobody at this point is going to be like, just can't wait to see what Rick does this season. Like nobody in our world. Yeah. But every time we go there and something incredible happens, something beautiful and something challenging and yeah. something dark. And that quote, like a little muesli with your ecstasy, Come on. a little Birkenstocks with your like Dracula drapery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. Come on, dude. <laughs> so good. What else do you need? And I mean, not for nothing. That dude's, I mean, he's got a business too. People wear the shit out of his stuff. You oh, know, man. it's not for everybody, but and if people look at these collections, and it's, it's for not a lot all, of people. You know, the runway collections, a runway collection, but he's got a commercial hold. He's got a grip. You know, he's got. I've been known to spend some money at Rick Owens. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but I don't wear white pancake makeup. Um, <laughs> my next five is Kid Cudi. Uh, I'm really enjoying the return of Cudi, and I have to say, after uh, having some exchanges with Cudi in Paris, mm -hmm. it's just so awesome to see. A guy, he had like a pretty meteoric rise to fame. He yeah. had some like uh, pretty well documented struggles of various kinds and also channeled struggle into music in a way that anyone with a beating heart can appreciate. Um, but now is back with this uh, Kids See Ghost album. And um, it was just like hanging out in Paris. Seemed like he had a really good time. But there's something to a dude who had like a big rise to fame and then also spent some time like being not famous, yeah. being not publicly productive, uh -huh. and who's now back in a place. And like you almost return to to fame or, or like a, a not that bright of a spotlight, but a bit of a spotlight with like a new, like really normal, like human energy. Yeah. He just seemed like a human of earth instead of like some kind of like rap star or whatever. Right. And I just really appreciated that ab about him. And I think that also is like, musically who he is and is something that's going to serve him well so i just um i was just happy to see that guy like back in the mix but back in the mix in a way that seemed like a little bit more sustainable i didn't get to um chat with him but he looked really fly in paris at yeah. dior he wore a black suit right yeah that looked really good with a t-shirt yeah with a white and then at and the louis vuitton after party he was like fully suited uh -huh. in a way that was really jarring yeah it was like you know everybody else was trying to like look cool and modern casual, yeah, and yeah. he was looking like pretty gq I like, in the like in the with the scare quotes, quotes the scare quotes uh sense of GQ. i like he had one of my favorite looks in the vuitton show too it was the hoodie with the trench and the baggy, looked amazing baggy and pant. the baggy pants and the yep. sneakers it was really all good. monochromatic yep monotone yep. tonal uh what do you got um, I'm, I'm gonna, I got one last vibe to share. I, I rarely have recommendations for things to do in cities. And since we've just been talking about Paris, there's one thing I do every time I go to Paris skate and I did it, I did skate. Um, but that's not what my recommendation okay. is. It's the Casti burger at La Castiglione. Had one. You had it this trip? Oh yeah. It's so good. I had one before with Pari Dukovic right before the, uh, oh. Right before the LV after oh, really? party, yeah, crushed a Casti burger. So I I do it every time I I mean I don't go to Paris that much, but I always get a Casti burger, and I did it like off the plane this trip. Like I got off the plane, went to the hotel, then went and got the burger. Like, let me go get this. I was just ready. Let me go get this cheeseburger. It's my like one very solid. Like if you're gonna go to Paris anytime soon, 
Um, or Dude. if you're just looking for a really good burger and you're willing to travel, get a Casty burger at Le Casty. <laughs> you're looking for a good burger <laughs> and you're willing to travel. Let me ask you this. Do you like to sit outside on the sidewalk or upstairs in the upper deck? Um, I do it all. I, I like. Care as long I'm as happy serve to you that burger. I'm, I'm happy to be on the sidewalk. This time I went alone, and I was gonna sit at the bar. Yeah. But they sat me in a, at the window table, which is nice. really dope. And there's like a a smaller window table and a bigger one. And I was just at the small one solo, just like looking out the window onto the sidewalk. It was perfect. You know what else you can get there? What? Chicken nuggets. Really? Yeah, they they serve chicken nuggets. Shout out to Mark Anthony Green, chicken nugget lover. <sighs> Next time. Sometimes like the um sometimes you'll find. Uh, some Americans are ready for like just a taste of Americana yeah. amidst a week of yeah. French, French food. Um, I'm going to end with uh, shorts. Oh, yeah. I think you vibed this. Oh, yeah. Didn't you vibe it? Uh, yeah, but I think you're going to come at it from a different angle. I meant to bring this up actually talking Paris because everyone was wearing shorts. Dude, motherfuckers were just like at shows like wearing shorts. Yeah. Like in Paris. Yeah. So there's this big debate, like, can you wear shorts in the city and all this? It's like, this was not only shorts in, like, Paris, like, where, where you think of wearing, like, all black. Yeah, like yeah. A, like an all black suit with slim lapels yeah. and, like, a black t-shirt and black boots. Dudes were just wearing shorts, like, majorly. Short shorts, long shorts, any kind of shorts. Yeah. Sitting at fashion shows right. in shorts. Yep. It's just, the shorts thing is. It's out there. It's it's it fully happened. My favorite shorts was Yoon. Um, Yoon Ambush was wearing the Comme des Garçons glitter shorts that I I never stopped talking about. But, They're incredible. Um, yeah, a lot of fancy dudes uh, at from other magazines who you wouldn't expect wearing shorts out there wearing shorts. Yep. I didn't wear shorts. I didn't either, but didn't I either. did bring some. Yeah. I brought a pair of shorts and I bought a pair of shorts, but I never like fully pulled what it together to just buy? wear some shorts. Massimo Alba, dude. Ooh, garment dyed. Uh... Garment dyed corduroy. It's like. <laughs> They were a, um, they were like a money trap for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, yeah. You it, combined all the things. Yeah, they were like a joke. I was like, just take my cash. That's it. Episode thirty-four. Paris. Shout out the Charles takeover. Barkley. The takeover. Bye.